Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. And, you know, we are still on the weekends on 570 on the radio show, KVI 570 out in Seattle, Washington. And so we will be exclusively on KVI through the end of this month. And then we will be adding some additional stations out there as well, too. So if you listen on the radio, um, you're missing us on a couple of the other stations we have pulled off until the end of the month out here in Washington just due to the Washington CARES Act. But we are still active on KVI. So welcome to all the KVI listeners. And if you ever miss any of the shows, you can always get our podcast, 525longtermcare.com. That's the easiest way to get our shows. And you can just listen to them, you know, in, in it, it's your own schedule, which makes it a lot easier, I think, for some people out there. So, um, you know, back in 1982, I got my first car. I, I was 15 and a half. I purchased a maroon 1978 Camaro from my neighbor. It was a 350 V8, three-speed automatic, center console, rally sport wheels. It was just every 16-year-old's dream car, right? You know, you needed a muscle car. That, that was it for me. And the purchase price of that car was $2,500. And I had $1,500 saved up. So I needed $1,000 to buy that car. And I went down to our local savings and loan and applied for a car loan. Now, a little background on this. I had been working at this local grocery store, Jack's Market, since I was 13, cleaning the meat market. So I was gainfully employed. I had a job for over, you know, two and a half years at this point. So I had money and I banked with them. So along with the uh, fact that they asked my mom to co-sign, they loaned me the money. They loaned me that $1,000. And I think back then, I, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I, I bet the interest rate was like 12 or 14%. I mean, the 30-year treasury was around 12% back there in 1982. So I had to have been paying 12, 14, 15% for that car loan, but I didn't care. It was a way for me to get that car. And without that loan, I would have never been able to purchase it. I mean, I would have, you know, had to keep saving and saving. It would have take, taken me probably another year to save up that money. But I got the loan and paid the back, you know, the bank back over time. And, you know, we're all pretty used to buying things this way. Our home, our cars, our student loans, any of those big ticket items we often finance. You know, they call it finance when we borrow money and we pay them back over time. And it's a trade-off. We get the item now and we get to use the item today. But by making those payments and paying interest, we pay more for it in the long run than if we just wrote a check for it up front. But as a general rule, there's a finite amount of money that's going to go into a loan when you borrow money, meaning there's a, a stop date. You know, I've got a 30-year mortgage. I've got a 10-year mortgage. I've got a four-year car loan, whatever it is. At some point, you, if you make all the payments, you're going to be done. You're going to have paid into you're going to pay that loan off and that's the, the, the finite amount of money. That's all you've got to put in. So now I remember I paid my car off early. I was pretty excited and I owned that car and I had no more payments and a lot of people pay off their home early and they look forward to that day when they can just go down there and write the check and pay the bank off. 
And it's a, it's a good feeling, right? I own something. I don't have any more ongoing payments. Now, other items that we pay for, there are no upfront payment options. Think of like our utilities, our phone bills, cable television, property taxes, you know, home and auto insurance. We pretty much have to make ongoing payments. Now, we may be able to pay annually or semi-annually or quarterly. They may have some different payment arrangements. But as a general rule, we are paying over and over and over again for those those services. And the reason why I bring this up, um, I've learned through my experience over the years that many people still equate setting up a long-term care insurance plan with being obligated to a lifetime of payments to keep that plan in force. I call it the dreaded boat payment without the boat. We're going to make payments, we're going to continue to make payments, and you got to make payments until you die or until you trigger a claim. And so that is the general understanding, I think, when we talk about insurance. That's how our health insurance works. You know, people that are paying for dental insurance, health insurance, car insurance, home insurance, you just keep making the payments. So it's a liability. As soon as you sign up, you know, I've got to write this check every month or every quarter or every year, however you set that up. But the truth is, today for long-term care insurance planning, we have more options than we've ever had. And how to fund a plan. That's what I want to talk about here. Um, We are going to spend some time today just learning about the different ways that we can fund a long-term care insurance plan because they're not the regular ongoing payments that everybody is used to. That's what they're thinking. That is still a priority for most of the traditional plans. But as a general rule, we have more options now. We have single pay. We have all kinds of different options, combinations, limited pay options. And I want to talk a little bit today about how these plans work and why you might choose one way to fund a plan versus another plan. Now, traditional and asset-based plans work completely differently, and I covered this a couple weeks ago, so if you missed that, grab my podcast. Just go onto our website at 525longtermcareradio.com because I really kind of went into a little bit more detail than I'm going to go into today about the difference between asset-based and traditional plans. But as a general rule, The differences between those plans also carry over to the way we can fund those plans, how we can set them up, and how we can pay for them. So let's talk a little bit today about traditional plans. Traditional plans work more like the insurance that we know. As a general rule, we are going to set up a plan and we're going to have an ongoing payment, whether it's monthly or whether it's annually, however you set it up, but you're going to have ongoing payments, meaning that you've got to make those payments to keep the policy in force. However, on a traditional pay-as-you-go plan, once you trigger a claim, the payments stop regardless of how many payments that you have made in. Let me explain what I mean here. So if I take out a policy, and let's just say a traditional plan, I, I want $6,000 a month for three years. And so that's the, that's the bucket of money that I'm buying from the insurance company. And they say, okay, it's you know $4,000 a year is the premium. So I write that check for $4,000 for the first year. Now, if I go out and I get hit by the bus and I go on claim, I am not writing any more checks to the insurance company as long as I am receiving the long-term care benefits. That is called waiver of premium. So what the insurance companies are looking at is actuarially, they've studied the village of a million people and they know that, yeah, some people are going to get in accidents or develop cancer or have some untimely event that's going to cause them to file a claim early. But as a general rule, they're going to look at it and it's like X amount of people will file under age 65, X amount will file between 65 and 70. What they're doing is they're just mapping that out. 
So that's kind of built into the pricing. But the, the risk for the insurance company, obviously, is if you go on claim right away, they've got to start paying that benefit. And so for us, the reason why we have that insurance is because if I write that check today, I'm covered tomorrow. I don't have to wait to pay into the plan for 10 years to get my coverage. So the waiver premium is a big part of traditional plans. Now, if I stay healthy and I'm living to 100, well, guess what? In order to keep that plan in place, I have to continue to make that annual payment every single year to the insurance company to keep my coverage in place. It works just like your homeowner's insurance or just like your car insurance. The only way you're going to lose that insurance once you have a plan is if you don't make the payments. So we go back 15 years ago, and traditional plans had several different options. They had plans that you could pay up in 10 years, you could pay up in 20 years, even paid up at 65. And what I mean by that is you could say, I'm going to make 10 payments total, and then my policy is completely paid up, or I'm going to make 20 payments total. So they would be larger payments, of course, than if you just did a continuous pay over your lifetime. But there was a stopgap. You knew, I'm only got to make 10 payments and I'm paid up. So there were a lot of those options out there. Today, we are limited as most of those options are continuous pay. And what that simply means is that you are going to continue to pay a premium until you trigger a claim or until you die. That's, you know, or unless you just cancel your policy. If you stop making the payments, that's going to actually just cancel your policy for you. So that's pretty much where we're at on the traditional pay-as-you-go type of plans. Now, that being said, there are two carriers out there that have a 10-pay, meaning I can make 10 payments and be done. So I'm just going to pay for 10 years, and then my policy is fully paid up. And on those policies, if you go on claim at year eight, well, guess what? They're going to waive those last two premiums as well, too. That waiver premium is still going to kick in. But the idea of a 10-pay is I'm going to pay more into my policy over a short amount of time, but then I'm done paying. The problem with the 10-pay right now is that those are priced as much as an asset-based plan. So we just are not seeing very many people want to go down that path of a traditional plan. Because remember, a traditional plan is use it or lose it. If I don't get a a claim filed on my long-term care insurance, they do not give me any money back. So if we take like a a 65-year-old couple, for example, and let's just take a lifetime benefit, say $6,000 a month, well... That means each couple, they're 65 years old today, but each couple, if they went on claim, would get $6,000 a month or $72,000 a year for as long as they need it. So that's a lifetime benefit. Well, on a traditional plan, on a 10-pay, that's $22,931. For that same 65-year-old couple on an asset-based plan, it'd be $23,706. So we're talking about $800 difference a year for 10 years. But here's the catch. The asset base is going to have, it's just a superior policy. It's going to have a zero-day elimination versus 90 days for the traditional. That means that you don't have to pay for your first 90 days of care on the asset base. You start your care at home, it's zero waiting days. The asset base is a monthly benefit versus daily. It has concierge-level claim support, and it pays you $200,000 back if you don't use the policy. So you can see why people are looking at these plans saying, well, it doesn't really make sense for me to do a traditional 10-pay I'll just do the asset base because I'm going to get some money back either way to my estate if I don't use it. So that's really a nice benefit of those asset-based plans. But as a general rule, today what you just need to know is that the asset-based plans are going to give us a lot more options. The traditional plans, yes, there are some 10 pay out there, but as a general rule, they are just what we call a continuous pay plan, meaning you're going to pay until you go on claim. 
So that being said, who would use a 10-pay traditional? Why do they have them? Well, if you are a C corporation, you can write off 100% of those premiums. You might want to look at a traditional plan because on the asset base, part of that premium is going to go to another benefit, some life insurance or cash value that is not deductible. So if you are looking for maximum deduction as a business owner, yeah, you might pay a little bit more or the same amount for a traditional plan, but you're going to be able to write 100% of that premium off. So um, stick around. What we're going to do, when, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I'm going to continue the conversation on different funding options for plans, and I want to move over to the asset-based plans because there is just a plethora of choices there, and I'm going to explain some of them. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did, learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. You can sign up for one of his upcoming live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. Brian will teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Sign up for one of Brian's live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. It's free to attend, and you'll learn so much. Brian's class was a real eye-opener for my wife and me. Long-term care is so important. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. And as you can probably tell, I am a little bit under the weather. I've been fighting a, a head cold here for a couple of days. And, you know, I have not missed a radio show in six years. I have never missed a recording. So this week I've been, I'm going to hack through it. I know it probably doesn't sound the best, but... Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it's just my sinuses really lit up and my eyes are a little bit burning and itchy and, but, uh, I'm in here getting the show done. So I appreciate you guys sticking through. It probably doesn't sound the best, but, uh, hopefully next week we will be back up to normal. So today, if you just joined us, we're talking about some of the different ways that you can fund long-term care insurance. I think there's a big misconception out there that it's an ongoing payment, regardless of what I do. I've got to make payments the rest of my life. And that is just not the case. We just talked about that on the traditional plans. It pretty much is the standard. There are some 10-pay options. There's even one company out there that has a single-pay traditional plan. I've never written one of those policies because, again, I'm just going to go over to an asset-based plan. For the same money or less, you're going to get a lot more features and benefits. But, again, if you're a C corporation, you can write it off as tax. Maybe maybe you would want to do that. I don't know. I haven't run into that. But on the asset-based plans, asset-based plans, again, are plans that are going to have some other benefits to them. 
meaning that if you don't use your long-term care, some of that money is going to be paid back to the estate. Or if it's your policy and you cancel cancel it, there's going to be some money in that plan. There's going to be some cash value so you don't just walk away from your money. Now, asset-based plans give us a wide variety of ways to fund these plans. So again, continuous pay means I pay until I go on claim. When we go over to an asset-based plan, we can do a single lump sum, which is right up front. That's just, hey, here's $100,000, I'm done. We can do what we call a period certain, which is five years or 10 years or 20 years or even paid up at age 65. So that's just like a like kind of like a car payment. After five payments I'm, or five years, I'm fully paid up. Or after no mortgage, after 20 payments, I'm fully paid up. You own that policy and it's it's paid. So they give us those choices, lump sum, period certain. They also give us a combination where I can walk in with a smaller upfront deposit to reduce my ongoing payments. So I can have a $100,000 deposit in five smaller payments or 10 smaller payments to get more benefit. So they allow us the flexibility to kind of mix and match on how we fund these these plans. And then actually there's two companies out there that have asset-based plans that have a continuous pay, just means I pay until I go on claim. Again, those plans have what we call a waiver of premium built into them as well. The key takeaway you need to know that is if you set up a plan on an asset-based plan, you know, so I'm going to pay in over time. The payments are contractually guaranteed. They will never change. That is different from a traditional pay-as-you-go plan. A traditional pay-as-you-go plan, they can raise rates. In fact, that's one of the biggest sore spots for long-term care insurance. The, you know, the clients that have these plans, they bought 10, 15, 20 years ago, they have seen premiums go up. On the asset-based plans, those premiums are guaranteed. They will never go up. So that's one thing you need to really understand. Now, why would you choose one payment plan over another? Here are some things that I want you to consider. Number one, your financial situation. If you don't have the assets to reposition into a single lump sum, then you know the, the, the one and done payment plan is out to get meaningful coverage. So of course, that's going to be first and foremost. Where are you at financially? Number two is your age. Many of our asset-based plans are catered to older people who are already self-insuring. And they are designed as a single lump sum. So if I'm 75 years old and I'm going to self-insure, I can take $200,000 out of my savings account, deposit with the insurance company, and turn that into $600,000 of long-term care insurance. But I still have my $200,000 if I need it. It's it's still my money. So we have those savings-based plans that are just designed for a single lump sum. You know, the other thing we want to look at um, is the, the, you know, if you are in your working years and you're younger, you're 45, it might make more sense to just do a 10 pay. Obviously, you don't have a lump sum. You have other priorities. You still want to save for retirement. So again, where are you at on the age spectrum? That's one of the things that we consider on how we're going to fund your plan. What's your time to retirement? Do you plan on retiring in five years? Do you want a plan um, that is paid up by the time you retire? There's a couple companies that do what we call paid at 65, meaning if I'm 52, I can just set up a payment plan that will be, the, the policy will be completely funded by the time I hit 65. So paid up at 65. And then I think the other thing you want to consider, are you a business owner? The reason why I bring this up is because some long-term care insurance, a portion of, a portion of the asset-based policies and all of the traditional premium is what we call a tax-deductible expense. If you're a C corporation, there's no limits. You can write off 100% of the premium. If you're an S corporation or a sole proprietor or a partnership, you can deduct up to the IRS limits every year based on age. 
And if you have a health savings account, you can use those same limits that the IRS gives you. So if you're a business owner, you might want to say, well, instead of doing a lump sum, I might spread some of those payments out and actually stick around for the client of the week this week because that's exactly what we did for this client. Um, What's your expected return on capital? Now, what I mean by this is take a 10 pay from our earlier example. If we wanted to give somebody, you know, $6,000 a month, um, the 65-year-old couple for a lifetime, so they wanted $72,000 a year each of long-term care for life, they could buy that in a single lump sum on an asset base for $185,000, or that 10 pay was 23706 So they would put $237,000 in over 10 years, or they could put $185,000 up front. Well, for that 65-year-old couple, what's that return? They've got to get 4.7% return on their money. So if you're doing better than that, if your money's actually getting 5 or 6 or 8% return, it'd make more sense for you to maybe do a 10-pay and just keep your $185,000 working for you. So we'll look at things like that. If all of your money is in passbook savings accounts and CDs, well, yeah, the lump sum's going to make a great choice for you because you don't have, you know, you're, you're paying a... You know, you're not getting 4.7%. You're not going to get that in the savings account for a long time. Now, if we take a 70-year-old couple in that exact same situation, wanting that exact same $72,000 a year for life, they would make 10 payments of 29000 or they could make a single lump sum. So that'd be two hundred and ninety going in, or they could make a single lump sum of 217000 right up front. Well, now they're looking at it and saying, well, they've got to get 5.65% return on their money. So again, we look at that, and I know this is getting kind of complicated on the radio, but those are some of the factors that you want to look at. Where are you at? What kind of returns are you getting? Where is your money positioned? Maybe that's why you would say, I'm going to take a 10 pay, or I'm going to do a lump sum, or maybe you do a combination of those as well. Um, also, if you have a 10 pay, for example, I've got like my plan right now is a 10 pay, meaning I have 10 guaranteed level payments on my asset-based plan. If I trigger a claim and I start receiving benefits, I do not have to pay the premium that year. So as long as I'm on claim, I am not paying the premium in. So what happens is the insurance companies are looking at this and they're looking at some different factors when they're pricing these things out. The older I am, the closer, you know, they're they're looking at mortality and morbidity. So the older I am, the closer I am to a long-term care event or to dying. And that's just actuarially. They don't know you individually, but they're just saying actuarially. You know, a 30-year-old is not as close to death or needing long-term care as a 70-year-old statistically. So that's what they look at. So some of those plans, like in the 5 pay and the 10 pay, are priced that way. Because if I take a 70-year-old or a 75-year-old and they want to do 10 payments or 20 payments, well, statistically, they will be on claim or they will die before they've made all those payments. So again, those prices are going to be pushed up. But also, remember for the younger people, if you have that multi-pay plan and there's a death benefit tied to it, you make one payment, you get hit by the bus and you're dead, they're going to pay the full death benefit. If you go on claim, they're going to waive those premiums. So that's part of what goes in from the insurance company. Like a lot of people will say, well, if it's $200,000 up front, why can't I just pay $20,000 over 10 years and get the same insurance? Well, there's a lot more risk to the insurance company. There's obviously time value money. They don't have your money to work for. But number two, They also have a risk in the sense that if you go on claim or you die, they're not going to get the rest of those payments because they're going to have to pay out the benefits. So the way we look at funding options is a lot of what's going to, you know, where are you at? What's your personal situation? Because there are a lot of different options and a lot of different things we can do. 
Um, we're going to head into another break. Stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Gary and Rachel, and I'm going to show you how we funded an asset-based plan using a combination. So that would be a lump sum and ongoing payments. I'm going to explain to you why we went that way with them. So stick around. We'll be right back. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. And again, thanks for uh, <clears throat> sticking it out with me. My voice sounds horrible. Uh, my, my throat feels horrible. And um, so it is what it is. Things don't always work out though, but uh, I'm glad to be here and um, get through this show and I've got a great client of the week this week, and this is always my favorite part of the show. If you're new to long-term care radio, I like to talk a little bit about some things you need to know and just educate you that way. And then on the client of the week, I just this is where we bring an example of somebody that we recently helped and why we ended up you know, working out this plan the way we did for these people and what was important to them. And so this week, I have Gary, who is 64, 
Rachel, who is 61, they're from our local community here, Bellevue, Washington, and they came to us to put a plan in place as they wanted, uh, you know, just a little bit more protection for their estate. And Rachel wanted to get out of the upcoming payroll tax. Um, As you know, if you're in Washington, you've probably heard about it now, but we have a payroll tax coming in January, 0.58% of all your wages, bonuses, stock options, everything that's going to go into a trust fund that you've got to fund for, well, you got to pay into it for at least 10 years before you get vested. And if you're vested, you can get $100 a day for a year uh, for long-term care, which is pathetic. It's actually short-term. that You can't even sell a long-term care policy that small. But anyway, that's the state plan. So that was something that kind of motivated Rachel as well, too. Um, they have a very diverse investment portfolio, including real estate, um, retirement accounts, non-qualified accounts, which means just regular investments. And they just recently completed some estate planning. And so this is, I, I love people that have done this because now they're sitting there looking at it saying, you know what, they have their, some goals for their estate. They've thought about their legacy. They thought about how they want their hard, you know, you know, their hard work to pay out and move on to the next generation. And that's really the legacy planning that you do when you do estate planning. Now, their concerns fresh off of the press Rachel just finished moving her mom into an assisted living facility after watching her struggle at home for the last couple of years. And she said it was just brutal. She said the whole experience has just been brutal. And this is part of the reason what motivated her. She said, I know I needed to look into this, but this just put it right on the burner. And then the state coming down saying they're going to tax me for something that is not going to give me any true benefit. She said, this is why we're here right now. But I believe I see how important this is. Finding caregivers for her mom said it was just a nightmare because Rachel's mom does not have long-term care insurance. So Rachel and her sister have been doing this on their own, trying to help their mom. Her mom has physical and cognitive issues. It started out as just kind of, you know, she, she's losing her memory a little bit. She shouldn't be driving, those kind of things. And time and gravity were just catching up with her. Now she's to the point where she needs help physically. And so they've had to move her into an assisted living facility and just finding the facility doing the background checks, doing all those things. You know, and Rachel, I'll just be honest with you, she is a very busy woman. She's a she's a highly compensated executive at a company, and she said, you know, a lot of this burden fell on my sister, but I'm trying to juggle work. I'm trying to juggle my family. I'm trying to juggle my mom. And she said this was just really, really stressful for both her and her sister. And since her mom has no long-term care insurance, they've been on their own on this. They've been trying to figure this out. So this was some of the concern that Rachel had right out of the gate. She had stumbled on our radio program a couple of years ago. She had heard, actually been to one of our webinars. She said, look, I, I, I understand. I get the concierge service. I see the value of that right now because we had nobody to call for my mom. We've been trying to do this on our own. And so she goes, I don't want that on my kids. And, and Gary agreed because Gary's living it too. You know, he's, he's right there. He's right in the mix of this. And they just don't want to pass that on to their kids. You know, they have two grown children. They have three grandchildren. Um, Gary owns a business that is taxed as a C corporation. And this is something key to remember. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on this. But he owns a business. It's taxed as a C corporation. Rachel, again, is a W-2 employee. So those are the key things that we need to know about their situation. Um, some of their other concerns, they they also don't want to blow through their estate. You know, they have a nice estate, but Rachel's looking at it saying, gosh, you know, we're spending so much money on my mom. And she goes, it seems like everything is just marked up 10 times higher than it should be. And that's exactly what I say. People always tell me like, well, I have enough money. They just think long-term care is a money situation. Well, I've got $5 million. I don't need to worry about it. I'm like, here's what you don't understand. 
when you're out there on your own and a loved one's in a long-term care situation, it is like shopping at 7-Eleven. You have enough money, sure. You could feed your whole family just shopping at 7-Eleven. Does that make sense? No. Are you going to want to do that? No. If there are Costco across the street, you're going to want to go over there and shop. And long-term care is the same way. People think I have money and it's going to solve all my problems. Well, your bank account is not going to call and find you you know, home health care. Your, your, your mutual fund is not going to be able to call and find out and tell you which facilities would be best for your mom since she's starting to suffer some cognitive issues. So these are some things that you know people really need to understand. And Rachel got this because she was just going through this situation with her mom. And she said, look, I don't want to blow through our estate. I don't want to pay three times more than I have to for all these services and not know what I'm getting for it. And they, so they, you know, they basically just wanted a safety net. Um, they love the idea of any money they put into the plan going back to the estate if they don't need it. And I think that was really the win-win for, for Gary on this. He said, look, we're self-insuring anyway. So I don't get it. If, 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 if I can move some money over into a, to a insurance company and they're going to give me that money back anyway, why wouldn't I have the insurance? I'm like, that's exactly right. That's exactly what these asset-based plans do. They're just a better way to self-insure. Because you're still self-insuring on an asset-based plan to a degree, right? You're putting that money into the plan. That's your money. The difference is you've leveraged it up. You got the tax savings. You got the benefits. And you've got all that claims, support, and the people there to help you manage a care situation. So that's exactly what the plans do. Now, when I mentioned a tax deduction for Gary because he was a business owner, remember, he's a C corporation. Gary was all over that. Um, he had excess capital in the business. And this is the key. If you're a business owner, but you can't afford an extra you know, $10,000 or an extra $100,000, you can't pay it out of the business if the money's not in the business. Gary was in a situation where they had extra capital. He said, yes, I could easily pay some money out of the business, and I would like to do that if I can get the tax write-off. So that was something that I wanted to just bring right up you know, when I started talking about these design plans because they were in a position to do a single lump sum. And that's really what Gary was kind of thinking. I'm going to move some money from one pocket. We'll put it with the insurance company. It's basically moving it to another pocket. I'm going to get it either way. That was their original thought process. But once we looked at their financial situation and realized he was a tax owner, I said, why don't we break this up a little bit so that we can get some write-offs for, you know, from the long-term care insurance. So here's what we did for him. We designed an asset-based plan and funded it with a combination of a lump sum and then annual payments. So let's talk about this plan first, and then we'll come back to how we actually set up the funding. The plan itself for each of them is a $15,000 a month benefit. Now, I told you they wanted a little bit of safety net. So the, how did we end up on 15000 Well, one of the things that we did is this plan does not have an inflation rider on it. So inflation grows the benefit month after month or year after year. So if I start with $6,000 today, 24 years down the road, I'm going to have $12,000 if I have a 3% inflation rider. The problem is those inflation riders are very expensive and there's no value in the inflation rider as far as return to the estate, meaning it's going to take away some of the cash value or the death benefit in these asset-based plans. So a workaround on that is for the same amount of money going in with the inflation rider. You say, what if I just start with a higher benefit all years? Now, Gary and, and Rachel are young. They're in their 60s. So we're saying, well, if we go out 20 years, you know, $15,000 might feel like you know, $7,500 or $7,000 a month. And so they thought, yeah, that makes sense. And if something happens early on, it's going to be a more meaningful benefit because it would be a more catastrophic event. 
they're both still working. And so that's how we ended up on $15,000 a month. So their benefit is going to pay them each $180,000 a year for an unlimited amount of time. Do the math on that. If they were both on claim, they went out and got in a car wreck, $360,000 a year would be coming out of this plan tax-free for as long as they need it. That's the benefit. They each are entitled to that $15,000 a month. Now, the plan also has the following features. It's got caregiver training support, $30,000. So that's two times that monthly benefit. That means that if you know their family members or, or one of them want to take a class on medication management or a class on Alzheimer's or just something to be you know, so they can be better prepared to be involved with their loved ones if they're in a care situation, they will pay for that care training benefit. They have a home improvement and a medical equipment benefit equal to $30,000. It's the same thing. What's going to happen there is if, you know, you have a stroke and you're in the hospital and now you're trying to come home and you need an access ramp and you need a, a stair lift and you need, you know, maybe to widen some doorways or whatever it is, you can spend up to $30,000 out of this plan for that as well too. Now, you still get your monthly benefit. They're not taken away from that. You, these are additional benefits. The plan includes a zero-day waiting period for home and community care. That means there's no elimination period for that. The concierge-level claim support. This is probably one of the biggest selling points of these plans, and I will tell you, folks, there's a couple of companies out there that do it really, really well, and we work with them, and we know it. And what the concierge-level claim support does is it assigns somebody to you and your family. So I can call and get the policy turned on. You can call and get the policy turned on. Your kids can call and get the policy turned on. The process is the same. They're actually going to assign somebody to you so that you have one point of contact. So think of them as your travel guide, basically. They're going to work with care coordinators. They're going to get the plan of care from your doctor. They're going to work with case management. They're going to work with the claims team to make sure that the billing and all that stuff is handled so that therefore you guys don't have to do any of the work at all. You don't have any paperwork to do. You don't have any receipts to save. None of that. So that's all taken off your plate. They have coverage in all 50 states. Remember the Washington state plan that they're forcing on us is only going to work if you live in Washington. If you move out, you lose your coverage. This plan works in all 50 states, all the territories. It has 100% coverage in Canada. And it also gives you some limited coverage overseas. They're giving you, give you about half the monthly benefit for about four years or five years if you're overseas like Europe or Asia or someplace. So there are there is some international coverage on that. But the full lifetime benefit is going to work in the United States or Canada. And here's the best part about this plan. If they never use this plan, $500,000 is paid back to the estate. If they use less than $500,000, guess what? The difference is going to be paid back to their estate. So let's talk a little bit now about funding. That's the plan. They each have $180,000 a year. They're going to get $500,000 paid back to the estate if they never trigger a claim. How did we fund this nice, big, robust lifetime benefit plan for them? Well, we did two parts. We did a single deposit of $305,000, and then we did four annual payments of $39,000. I'm rounding up a little bit here. It's like 38985 But just for the radio, we did four payments of 39000 Those annual payments start year two. So they're going to put a total of $465,000 into this plan. Now think about that. They're guaranteed to get $500,000 back. If they make all the payments over the next five years, so they've made payment one, and they've gotten four more years left of that $39,000, so every year they'll get a statement for 39000 they make all those payments, they would put a total of 465000 Now, if one of them were in claim, which is highly unlikely at their age, but if one of them 
did have an event and they went on claim, they would not make all of those annual payments. But here's the reason why we carved it out this way. They went in, they're going to put 465 into this plan, they're going to do 305 year one, and then they're going to make those four payments of $39,000. The reason why is because Gary is a business owner and it's taxed as a C corporation. C corporations can deduct 100% of long-term care insurance. Now on these asset-based plans, part of it goes to life insurance. That's why they get the $500,000 back tax-free is because that portion of the premium is not deductible. But for these guys, here's what they're going to get to do. Year one, Gary gets to write a check for 84000 So 84 out of that 305 is going to come right out of a C corporation. That's a write-off for the business. And then starting in year two, those $39,000 annual payments that he has four of, those can 100% of those can be written right out of the business. So he gets to deduct all of that business. So when we look at this, over the next four years, Gary is going to get to deduct $240,000, which is more than half of the total premium of 465. He gets to write off 240,000. Now, that does not change the tax-free benefit for long-term care. That does not change the tax-free death benefit. That's the loophole that long-term care insurance has. So that's why we wanted to talk a little bit today about the different funding options. We want to look at your scenario. And when we're talking to you, that's one of the big things that I always want to find out. Tell me about your income. Are you a business owner? Do you have rental income? Whatever it is. Because a lot of these plans we can design to get you some tax deductions on the front end and the benefit on the back end still comes back to you tax-free. So um, stick around. I'm going to take my final break, come up from air, go uh, drink some more chamomile tea and see if I can get my voice back. And um, when we come back, I want to give you just kind of an update on some tax deductions for long-term care and we'll update you a little bit about the Washington State CARES Act. We'll be right back. Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. You can sign up for one of his upcoming live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. Brian will teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Sign up for one of Brian's live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. It's free to attend, and you'll learn so much. Brian's class was a real eye-opener for my wife and me. Long-term care is so important. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. 
This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ong, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. And again, if you made it this deep into the show, um, thank you. I apologize, you know, again, I apologize for my voice. I did drink a tea this morning, though. It's, it's, a, it's, it's called Puka. It's a chamomile, vanilla, and manuka honey. And it says on here, a soothing dip into an organic pool of calm. So if I see more calm than normal, then maybe that's why. Maybe I need to start drinking this because usually I'm drinking coffee and I, I get kind of amped up on these shows. But anyway, uh, hopefully this will pass and we'll be back next week and maybe a more normal voice. But so um, today on the show, I mean, the big takeaway, and I, I was kind of looking at my notes here. I'm, it seems like I've been all over the place. My my brain isn't working as well as it should either, but um there are a lot of different funding options on long-term care plans. And a lot of the things that you have to consider when you're putting a plan in place is, you know, the, again, your age, your income, where you're at financially, your return on investments, what you expect, but also personally, emotionally, how do you feel? We do a lot of single premium plans, not because it makes the most sense financially, but because people just hate payments. And I am one of those people. I have a 10 pay on my long-term care. You know, I would have loved to do a single pay. But as a, it's, for me, with the tax write-offs, I can deduct some of that over 10 years. So that's why I went that route. But you have to look at all those, those situations. And sometimes people will inherit money that is, you know, extra money. They weren't counting on that. And they'll say, I am just going to reposition this into an asset-based plan because it's, you know, it, I wasn't counting on it anyway. So I'm going to reposition it. And if I don't use it, it's going to go on to the next generation. They're going to inherit it. But if I do need it, I can protect everything else that I have, and that can go on to the next generation. So there's a lot of you know personal and emotional reasons on why we might fund a plan one way or the other. One of the big questions I get is if you start with a 10 pay, and let's say you're three years into it, you've made your third payment, and now you want to make just a single lump sum, can you make just a lump sum into the plan and just pay the last seven payments off. And some carriers will do that. Um, it's, not, it's not that simple, though. What happens is they, they structure a, a period certain annuity in the background. So they'll say, you know, you owe us $100,000 of payments, send us a check for $88,000, and we will make those final seven payments. That's the way they do it based on current interest rates. Because if you go on claim, you're going to end up getting that payment back anyway because the 10 pays and the 20 pays have a waiver of premium. So people often ask that, but you will get the most insurance for the same amount of money, obviously on a single pay, but at the same sense, you're also taking that money out of your working capital. So for older people that are moved more into bonds and savings and CDs, or if you've had a really good run in the market, 
single pay, absolutely it makes a lot of sense. For younger people, people with businesses, a 10 pay is one of our most common. We do have some 20 pay options out there or even five pay options. And again, we're just guaranteed level payments for a certain period of time, a certain period of time, and then the policy is paid up. So those are kind of things that we certainly want to consider as we move into looking at different ways to plan and fund a long-term care plan. Now, one of the things to keep in mind on the tax deductions, we are very limited as individuals. If you are not a business owner, the only way an individual can get any kind of tax deduction is they can pay part of the premium out of a health savings account. If you do not have a health savings account, there is no deduction on the front end for long-term care insurance unless you spend more than 7.5% of your adjusted gross income on medical in any given year, there's a tax law that says you can add insurance premiums in at that year. So if you make $100,000 a year and you spent you know, eight dollars or $10,000 in medical bills, you could then say, okay, I spent over 7.5% of my adjusted gross income on medical this year. I now get to deduct my insurance premiums in long-term care would count that way. But for business owners, there's always quite a few um, deductions out there, whether you're sole proprietor or S corporation, C corporation is the most um, advantageous, obviously, because there's no limits on the premiums you can deduct. So if you're an LLC taxed as a C corporation like I am, you're going to get maximum deductions on long-term care. You can write off the whole premium, which is really good. So we will, again, look at all of those things for you when we're trying to put a plan in place. But the trade-off is, somebody asked me this last week, if I'm trying to do the tax deductions, I also have to look at it and say, well, if I have the money in hand right now and I just deposit that in versus spreading the payments out for 10 years and then taking the tax deduction net-net, which one am I paying more for? So we have to look at that information as well too because you know, sometimes it still makes sense just to do the, the single deposit if you have the money available. Um, before we go, update on the Washington State um, CARES Act. We are supposed to be having a website put together October 1st. I have not seen any updates on that yet, but that's going to be the website that we are going to go on to to opt out. So again, if you're not familiar with this, you, you, you've had your head in the, in, the, in the closet. Here's what the Washington State CARES Act is all about. It's a, it's a long-term care act that is being forced on all the employees in Washington State, and it's just being funded through a payroll tax like paid family leave. So you will be taxed 0.58% of all your wages, all your bonuses, all your commissions, all your stock options. You have to pay into the fund for 10 years. It's not a set amount that you have to pay in. You have to be working at least 500 hours or 10 hours a week, so 500 hours a year. And you have to fund in for 10 years. So if you're making, you know, a million dollars a year and you're saying, well, gosh, I'm I'm paying, you know, a lot of tax into that plan. They don't care. They're, they're your same benefit, $100 a day for up to a year. So the only way you can get out of that is if you're self-employed, you're supposed to be able to opt out if you have long-term care insurance of your own. So through a private insurance company, which is what we do, you can opt out. The deadline to own that insurance and have that in place is November 1st. So that is the cutoff, meaning that if you go out and you go shopping in December to get long-term care insurance, you are not going to be able to opt out of the tax that's coming in January. Now, here's the confusing part. We have until the end of next year to opt out. That means go to this website that they do not have up and running yet. It's supposed to be October one. 
But after October 1, we have to the end of December 2022 to go to that website, log in, attest that we have long-term care insurance, send them whatever information they need, and opt out of the tax. But the key is it doesn't matter if you don't have your long-term care insurance, assuming that you're not self-employed, if you're just an employee, if you don't have your long-term care insurance in place, in hand by November 1st, you can't opt out. Does that mean you can't go and get insurance next year? So you've got to have a policy with an effective date by November 1st, but you have to the end of next year to opt out. Those are the rules. So I know there's a lot of people out there thinking, well, I'll just pay the tax for a few months and then I'll go get a plan and I can opt out. No, it does not work that way. If you don't have a plan in place by November 1st, there will be no provision for you to opt out in the future unless they change the law. So that's something that you just got to keep in mind. We will be doing an update um, for all our clients as well too. We'll be doing a webinar once we see that website up and we understand what they're asking for. My understanding is you have to attest that you have long-term care insurance and I don't know what they're going to ask us for, but as soon as we find that out, we will get that out to you. Um, We will have classes probably back up and running on the webinar in October. We've been laying low, but uh, look for that information at 525longtermcare.com. Again, 525longtermcare.com. Thanks for hanging in there with me this week, and we'll be back next week with another new show. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. For show information or to sign up for a free long-term care live webinar, visit 525longtermcare.com. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 to Long-Term Care Radio with your host, Brian Ott, on Cairo Radio. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Story Monson, I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. You can sign up for one of his upcoming live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. Brian will teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Sign up for one of Brian's live webinars at 525longtermcare.com. It's free to attend, and you'll learn so much. Brian's class was a real eye-opener for my wife and me. Long-term care is so important. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com.